Go for Leadership, the podcast with Daniel and Gerd. Hello and welcome for today's episode of the Go for Leadership podcast. My guest today is Michael Sahota. Go for Leadership interviews. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here. Awesome, Michael. Michael, as always, can you give me please a quick introduction of yourself? <laughs> this, is, this is always fun. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, How do we begin? I think probably the best thing is I was formally trained as an engineer. I went through the most difficult program at the University of Toronto, a large, large university, and got, you know, really focused on what I was good at, mathematics, physics, uh, understanding the, the principles of the uh, material universe. And I moved on to do a master's in computer science to understand how do we start to, and I certainly got involved with artificial intelligence. How do we understand How do we get robots to work together in complex environments? And I did half a PhD before realizing I, I like things much more applied than I was finding in academics. So I switched gears, started working as a software developer, uh, very advanced very rapidly into more senior roles, eventually having management roles, director of software development, vice president of R&D. And very early on, I got involved with this thing called agile software development which as it turns out is just a, for me, was just very common sense, people-centric, very functional way of working and dealing with the complexity that's there inherent in every project, every system and so on. And so I got very fluent in using Agile as part of my toolkit, uh, working within organizations. And then I switched gears and started working as a trainer consultant, helping organizations on the outside. And that's where I really hit, hit my limit. And the limit was actually me where I realized to create high-performance environments, whether through agile, digital, lean, doesn't matter what, what we're working with, but to really to create a place where people can work at their best, where real problems are getting addressed, where there's an ongoing shift towards higher and higher levels of performance, the leader was always the limit. And then I had this wake-up moment where I said, well, wait a second, the only way I can help these organizations become successful is if I can help these leaders show up in a more evolved way, because they are the problem. They are the limit for every, anything that can happen, everything that could happen in their organization. And then I looked at myself in the mirror. I said, Michael, can you help these people? And the answer was no. Michael, you're a well-intentioned asshole. The way you're showing up, there's no way you're going to help any of these leaders evolve. And so that's where, uh, this is over a decade ago, I started a real journey of my own personal evolution that took me to trying anything to create a shift in how I was showing up. Things from the West. I've spent very many months in India studying with uh, people who are enlightened states of being, very high levels of consciousness, um, trying every single model, tool, practice to create a shift in culture, to create a shift in leadership. And uh, so right now I, I train thousands of leaders around the globe. We have a, a global training and consulting organization. So right now we're in a place where we've been there, we've done that. Uh, not only have written the book, but we've created an entire framework to help leaders with this inner shift as well as the outer shift. And, and I think really um, it was never intended that we create something that would really have a potential change in the world. It just was for how do I stop sucking? How do I get better? How do I overcome my challenges? And as a byproduct for me figuring out how to overcome my challenges, there's this very natural uh, production of something that's, that's a really, really powerful toolkit. Awesome. And I think we are just in the middle of, of the, uh, let's say, the topic. So how would you define uh, leadership, though? So you mentioned, let's say, your journey. And I think that's a, a lot of great material and experience that you can share with the audience. But to begin with, maybe you can give us a glimpse. How would you define leadership for you? What does leadership mean to you? 
Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this in two parts. The first part is, uh, and this goes back to um, uh, the titles escape me, but the the gentleman who wrote from Visa who wrote the chaotic organization, and uh, very very high performance distributed TLI organization, very high performance. And in his book, he described this well. Leadership means that there are people following you willingly without force, without power, without coercion, not because they have to, but because they think it's actually a good idea. So that's really what a leader is, is somebody who can evoke followers, somebody who can evoke followers. That's ultimately the only thing that leadership ever actually is. I think all of their definitions are secondary, may help us get there, but that's, that's the core essence of what true leadership is. When you have followers that are willingly choosing to follow you, then you are a leader. So followers create the leader. Now, how do we show up in a way that will allow us to evoke followers? That's the next question, right? And that's, that's where we come to our definition of uh, what's a very natural evolution of servant leadership, very natural evolution of transformation leadership. People are familiar with those terms, that those are not enough. Those have been around for a while. They're not giving us the results we want. They're, they're, they have partial success. They're partially correct. But the evolution that we see in those models to the essence of what's needed to be a true leader is what we call evolutionary leadership. And this is a term that's been around for a while, but we've uh, created our definition of it, which is this, an evolutionary leader. Uh, an evolutionary makes the choice to evolve oneself and develop the capabilities needed to evolve the system, right? So if you think about transformational leadership, it's like, I'm ready to transform everything. Well, no, no, but focus that inward. Focus on you, transform yourself. When you're transformed, then you can transform the world. So it's focusing on the place where we have the most control, which is ourselves. And this is like a, a really big piece that, that a lot of leadership models are completely missing. They think leadership models about fixing other people, doing things with other people, navigating other people, guiding other people, blah, 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 other people. Leadership, first and foremost, is an internal concern. We need to lead ourselves before we have the privilege, the, the, the level of consciousness, the, the inner integrity, the humility to actually create followers. I like that because it, it, uh, it touches so many aspects. On the one hand, of course, yourself, but also the, the outer world, because of course you, you as a person have an impact, be it positive, negative, uh, minor or, or, or little or less. So um, you mentioned one topic that I'm, I'm very curious about, which is a, a tool set and tools that you have studied and learned. And maybe you, you can give us also a little bit an, an outlook for that tools that you have seen and experienced working and maybe tools and methods that have not been bringing success that you wished or that you desired. Yeah. So, so first of all, what we've done, like I, I, I tried so many different things and what I've ended up doing is discovering that most, there's some really amazing models out there or tools, but they're partially correct, or they need additional something extra to make them work, to fully unlock the benefits. So we've collected all this in what we call the shift through and for evolutionary leadership framework or the self framework, because it's about our own self evolution. And through that, we can help others evolve their selves because ultimately this journey towards high performance organizations to unlock the performance, we're dealing with people, we're dealing with wetware. Like, and we, when, so originally I might read back in artificial intelligence, we're dealing with machines and robots, right? And I was understanding what are their characteristics and properties. Now, as a leader of a system, we're looking at, well, what am I dealing with here? Well, I'm dealing with wetware. I'm dealing with people. They're very messy. Each person's a complex system. How do I interact with this complex system called a human being in a way 
that will uh, ignite their passion, ignite their desire, ignite and get them to be part of the game. And 90% of what we see, and this is what the, the model shows people, is that as leaders, we're so addicted to what we call the command and control habit. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone listening to this thing says, well, I don't have that. It's like, well, actually, yeah, most of us do have it. Right. We have parents who told us what to do. We grew up in school systems. We were told where to sit. And this is deeply ingrained in how we think we should be functioning in the workplace, in our homes, in our families. And so the, the self frameworks really helps us to to create this picture of, well, this is like unproductive behaviors that are going to actually disengage people take the wind out of their sails. And this is how we can show up in a way that's healthier. And then understanding, well, this is the journey we can go on to understand where all of us are somewhere on our journey of rehabilitation towards treating other people with full respect, treating them like fully like an adult, treating them in a way that will allow them to choose to, to, to step into their leadership. And that's good. We could, that could be, this is your third definition of what is a true leader. A true leader is somebody who creates other leaders around them. That's ultimately the measure of success of our leadership. I, I like that because it also touches many, let's say, principles of, um, let's say, agile methods that everybody, every single force in an organization, uh, every single individual, of course, is the CEO of itself tasks or objectives that he needs to follow. And by taking that as, a, as granted and as, as responsibility, as authority as well, of course, you can create that uh, momentum. So um, in particular, in, in challenging times, um, maybe you have experience as well. How, how would you, uh, or what would be uh, steps in order to build up high-performance teams? I mean, everybody want that, of course, but uh, it starts, let's say, with, with um, I think, some practical uh, steps. Maybe you can give us also some, some ideas here. Yeah, so so I, I think just that very question itself frames what the biggest problem is. Um, trying to create teams are a very powerful construct, but I think especially with agile and other approaches, there's an over focus on teams rather than focusing on the whole organizational system. So it actually leads to a, a lot of actually sub-optimization and waste uh, because we actually want everyone to be working together across mm-hmm. team boundaries. Like teams are almost in agile, the new silos. Right, and it actually creates a lot of problems of interteam collab cooperation and so on. Um, probably the, the biggest error though is about looking at the teams and the people in the organization from this traditional mechanical view, not treating them as human beings, but treating them like as a seeing the system as a mechanical thing to to for us to fix as the brilliant leaders, as the brilliant transformation leads, and so on. Now, <laughs> the shift, and this is the this is the this is the really powerful shift is to see that what we see on teams, what's happening there is a fractal, is a reflection of what's actually happening in the leadership team. And that in, in, in turn is a fractal of what's happening in the, 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 the psychological structure, the egoic structure of the most senior leader. So the only way to really materially address the, and create high performance is to create Uh, inner alignment within each of the leaders on the leadership team and alignment within the whole of the leadership team. Once you have that alignment and coherence and that leadership team operating in an elevated way, then that can percolate, percolate and, per, uh, and it transmit into the rest of the organization. You know, whether you call it walk the talk, model the change, most organizations, they want agile, digital, lean. They want to go fix their people, DevOps them up. But they're not looking at, wait a second, how as a leader, am I creating a system with low levels of engagement? 
right? I mean, most organizations that I know have some sort of form of, you know, either some sort of misuse of the uh, the Gallup engagement survey. They get the data, they don't know what to do with it, or they have, to have these half measures that are half-assed and don't really change anything. And the scores may go up because that's only because there's a distortion going on. But really, the, no one's actually really understood that what we're seeing in the organization with the team performance, with the levels of motivation, is a reflection of the behaviors of the leadership team. All these engagement surveys are really like a leadership scorecard of how good a job or bad a job is the leadership team creating an environment where people want to show up and contribute. I I, I absolutely agree. Um, and uh, I think there, there in particular, you see in, in changing times where um, in particular these days, there's every single individual required in order to have the the sensors all over the place to uh, understand where a company maybe needs to move um, because there are so many forces uh, out there, right? The competition or maybe uh, a pandemic that was not expected or um, maybe uh, there are some, I don't know, some delivery challenges ahead. So uh, as a leader and as particular as the leadership team, of course, you need to give guidance and orientation uh, so that... Uh, the other followers can, let's say, make their own decisions and, and, and movements. So how would you um, say, um, how can you give always this, um, this guidance or how can you uh, move and, and give people orientation so that they follow you? Yeah, so that's a very, very complex way. That's actually the heart of what we call kicking the command and control habit. That's the heart of it. There's a whole, whole chapter in our book called The Paradox of Power, to understand how to start this journey. And there, there's there's a couple of very important tools or technologies that we found are incredibly helpful for leaders. The first one is the advice process, which is touted as this teal-like decision-making structure. But when we as leaders start modeling using the advice process of saying, hey, I'm the decider for this. I'd like to make the best decision. Could you please give me your advice? Could you please help me? It's an act of humility, right? And so it doesn't mean we have to give away decisions or empower people. And that's a horrible, horrible term. Please don't do that. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with keeping decision as long as we're guiding the organizational system to make the best outcome possible. And we're involving people and we're listening to them to make sure that the decision we're making is actually serving the people and serving the organization. So it's about learning how to use our power because we have power as leaders for the good of the people in the system. And, and that's really the learning journey. So there's an, mm -hmm. most, most managers, responsible ones, uh, have some, what's called an MBA, Masters of Business Administration, which means they're trained how to treat their people like machine parts. That's the mm -hmm. whole central premise. Workers have no brains and so on. Very Tayloristic. What leaders actually need is what we call a Masters of Business Leadership. They need to learn how to lead how to treat their people well, how to create a, to kick this command and control habit and lead in new ways, which requires both a shift of mindset, a shift of consciousness, as well as these practical tools that we're starting about talk about here, like the advice process. So do you think, um, you, you mentioned it, right, that there's uh, maybe um, not the right educational path available in the, in the let's say, in the standard, let's say, organization that, that maybe builds up leaders. So um, do you think that there, um, there are possibilities or which, which, yeah, which recommendations you would have to large organizations to build up great leaders uh, so that they may can incorporate in their uh, leadership development? 
Yeah. So, so, so what I've seen is basically most organizations are, are stuck in a really bad way because they've been following this traditional business pattern. They now have an official outsourced provider of all training. And that training company is at a certain level of consciousness, certain level of performance, and it's locked into their trainings. If you try to go outside of what they provide, it's, it's very, very difficult. There's all sorts of challenges and so on. So most organizations just honestly are very, very trapped. It's very difficult to escape the web that's constricting and preventing new ideas, new information from coming in. Our view, and you know, we've, we've, we're, we're, I'm very aware of all the different things going on there. Pretty much this technology of learning how to show up in a leader to lead in an evolved way, to create an evolved culture really has not been on planet earth. Like, uh, like, and this is why we took the time to write this book, Leading Beyond Change, is to put down this level one of the self framework to give people a place where they can go read the book and get, oh yeah, I get it. And we have training as well that takes people not just through level one, but you know, through, through levels five and beyond, but, but to the whole training program, because there's a, there's, we need to be rehabilitated. We've been conditioned since birth in this traditional command and control structures and so on. And we need to like get this pulled out of our system. Right. And, you know, part of the technology is really honestly about behavior change. And a lot of people in the West are believing that you know, oh, I can't change my behaviors. I've been this way my whole life. I can't change it. And it's not true. We have a whole branch, which is the shift 314 technology of consciousness, things we've learned in, in the far East, things we've uh, created ourselves that are very specifically designed for a Western context to provide a, a rapid shift in our emotional state, a rapid shift in our behaviors that are causing destructive and destruction. Like we all have these destructive behavior patterns, these reactions and, and so on. And as leaders, when we learn to stabilize ourselves, when we learn to elevate our own internal level of psychological safety, when we stop causing damage, then we're starting to be in a place where then we can start to really elevate the people around us. We're then we're in a place where people want to follow us because we are inspiring them, not through some trick or tactic, but through our state of being. Mm -hmm. It just feels good to be around us. And that's, that's really um, this, this, this journey that's why I said it's like a master's business leadership program you know, we've created. That's what's needed to help leaders who want to create the extraordinary. And, and the good news is this, and we've seen this even with people who come through our level one training, is every little step we take on the journey of doing less damage and a little bit healthier, we'll see the results, right? So there's this constant feedback loop of, oh, yeah, wow, I, I stopped this. It's really hard, but, and I'm doing a little bit more of this. And now I'm seeing the results. Now I'm seeing my people start to talk more. Now I'm seeing people to sort of tap in. Now I'm starting people to be more responsible around me. Like, here's the deal. If you're not seeing people around you as responsible as you'd like them to be, as motivated as you'd like them to be, as ambitious and taking on new challenges you'd like them to be, you are the problem. Mm. It's that simple. Right. And it's just like, it's so painful for leaders to come to this realization. However, it is so liberating because we now have control over what's happening because we've learned our whole life and know this truth. You can't change anyone else. You can only change yourself. And even though we know it, we keep on trying to fix our teams. We keep on trying to fix the people around us. But the truth is we, you know, we finally have this technology to focus energy where we have the most leverage, where we can actually create a shift, where we can actually create a change that'll lead to great impact. And I think uh, the um, it's so easy to 
to give the guilty, let's say, or the problem to the others, right? Where the problem is, sits actually with you. And to start, let's say, working on yourself. Um, and and uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm also a big supporter of, of leading by example, right? So you can't expect people taking responsibility if you don't take responsibility itself. Uh, if you uh, hide away for problems, you can't expect your people uh, not hiding away. So, um, uh, yeah, I think that that in particular is so hard because uh, in particular in large organizations, but also in small organizations, you have this, um, let's say, um, let's say more classic educated uh, managers. I won't talk them or say them that are leaders, but maybe managers um, that they have been educated with an MBA, like you said. So I question myself how, how we can maybe bring in um, not that we want all MBAs or all students to become leaders, but uh, of course you need to have certain attitude and certain aspects, but how we pick those and how we help those to evolve and to, to get, let's say the yeah. best. Per- no, I don't, I don't know if I agree with you. You have to have certain, I, I think there's only one thing. Mm-hmm. It's the choice to evolve. That's it. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Anybody. It doesn't matter. Um, what set of leadership challenges you have doesn't matter what dysfunctional behavior pattern doesn't matter what trauma you experienced in your life. Everything. I mean, we're just talking about either minor or more strong adaptations of our nervous system. When you come down to like the core of functioning of a human being and, you know, we have the technology, the technology exists to uh, help people that want to create a change, work through mm-hmm. those, those uh, adaptations to create healthier behavior patterns. Mm-hmm. Like the, the technology is here. The understanding is here. All that is required at this point is mm-hmm. the choice for what do I want to create in my workplace for the people who report to me. And this is what we see even more interestingly is that most, the most profound, heartfelt, life-changing impact that we see with people who go through our training programs is not with the workplace. It's with their families. It's with transforming and, and totally changing the relationship with their partner, with their kids. Uh, and cause it, cause it's the same template that we're using at home as we're using the workplace. Um, uh, f- funny enough, uh, uh, the primary school teacher of my daughter, uh, told me once, look at the mirror when I was complaining about the behavior my daughter was, was doing. And I first was quite surprised when she made that comment saying, why a mirror? What do you want to say? <laughs> what to tell me now? Uh, but it was uh, after reflecting, of course, uh, it, um, uh, it is so true, right? So kids, uh, same as employees, of course, is looking at you as, as uh, the superior and, and trying to adapt what what is you what do you live what you are doing on a daily basis so um very interesting um uh, frame uh, michael yeah yeah you could we could take it deeper that everything that you don't like about your kids everything you don't like about your partner everything you don't like about your employees it's all in you mm-hmm. and if you clear it in you it's going to clear in them there's a very very deep principle of the laws of mechanics of the universe um, but that's actually what's going on. <laughs> I like that. Or, 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 you know, even if you don't believe that, even if you think, oh, that's not true, blah, 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 blah. But think about this. If you ask somebody to fix something, let's say somebody has behavior X and you're asking them to fix it, but you have behavior X as well. 
asking them to do it is called a hypocrite in the English language mm-hmm. because you're asking them to do something you're not doing yourself. So exactly. like, it, it, it's like, how, what, what kind of leadership is that? It was called a hypocritical leadership. That's what most leadership, most management, most leadership right now is actually hypocritical leadership. And they practice it on a daily basis, which is so painful because uh, why um, I always said, well, you need to do um, clean the desk, even with brightness, you can't expect your people to clean the desk if you are not willing to clean the desk, right? Uh, or or yeah. clean up the, the banana, right? I mean, uh, I did it once uh, to put a banana on an elevator. And uh, it's so fun because it, 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 it drives the whole day up and down, up and down. Nobody has the willingness to really uh, put it into the garbage. So um, unfortunately, so um, anyway, Michael, I mean, there's so much things to change and so much things that are going on. But what has been, uh, what would be the advice that would have given the younger Michael when he started his career as a leader? Um, uh, before, let's say, um, um, uh, becoming yourself. Mm. Yeah, so younger Michael wouldn't have listened to anybody is the truth of it. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like, what would I say now? Um, what I'd probably do is just speak the truth of my condition at the time. Mm-hmm. which is, you know, Michael, right now you think you've got it all figured out and you think you're the smartest person in the world. And, um, and that's one possibility. The other possibility is that you've got a lot to learn and you don't have it all figured out. And I can't tell you what to do. The only way for you to discover your truth your journey, your success is for you to figure it out to yourself. So I'm not asking you to believe me, just keep an open mind. Is it possible that you don't have it all figured out? Is it possible there's something more for you to learn and to let you know that I love you with an infinite love and whatever you choose and whatever you do, you're a sovereign being, it's okay. And have fun in this universe, go play, go explore, go through the bumps, go through the, the moments of greatness and, and find your own path, find your own destiny. Go for Leadership, the podcast with Daniel and Gerd. Wow, uh, what a great statement. Uh, thank you so much, Michael, for being our guest today. It's been a pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Go for Leadership, the podcast.